0: Don't take our freedom. Hey, give me your sign. Why is the meeting in the basement, Bill? What are you hiding from? from? It, is it is a little. Money. Money. You work for us. Power. Where you? We pay, you pay, pay, pay your salary. Up. Why is the meeting being hidden in the basement? This is, this our, is our house. Who was your leader? What? You should be in jail if you're doing this. It's not okay. It was right. Moving it online is going, going to sworn right. to protect the, the right. Constitution. What States right. of America,
1: quit hiding. One
0: nation, nation. under God. <laughs>
2: Want. wait are we recording yeah i don't jesus christ yes Greg.
3: okay i see it yeah no i didn't everyone, see everyone
2: the show <laughs> is called mechanical freak we are coming to you live from or uh we're coming to you anyway from seattle a city like yours <laughs> only worse as you can tell colin is not here uh, nor is munya but i'm greg i'm joined of course by brian and Back from vacation, for the first time in several weeks, folks, as an aside, (laughs) if you need a vacation, join a podcast to take one from. (laughs) Back from vacation is the new uh, president of IUPAT Local 116, the campaign political nonprofit and alloyed uh, workers union of the (laughs) Pacific Northwest, your host, Cassidy
3: hey what up
2: how's it feel to be back
3: it feels good to be back and it feels good to be on top you know presidente (laughs) we love to see it
1: yep nice great now you officially Um, know where the bodies are buried since that's what you did to get there (laughs) (laughs) not wrong (laughs) uh (laughs) and cassidy
2: i think uh i will leave it to you to introduce our very special guest
3: Yes, we are joined by my iupat rep and expert on Canadian politics, Vana. Hello, Vana. Hi, Madam President. Hey, how goes it? <laughs> it's good. It's good. So good to have you. We have talked about this for a while. Um, but before we get into the the Canada of it all, we're gonna stay in the US for a moment for an Olympic peninsula update. Yeah. Love it. Oh.
1: Cool. Yeah, so at the beginning of the show, you that clip you guys heard of uh excited chanting prior to mass death, <laughs> mass suicide. Um that was uh the peninsula last week. So uh what the fuck, Cassidy?
3: Yeah, so basically what's happening up here is COVID is like really really bad. Um we're at 100 or 1009 cases per 100,000 right now. Um So because of that, the the like public health commissioner or whatever for Clallam and Jefferson counties, she issued like a mandate, I guess you would say, um, saying that, yeah, like if you want to eat indoors at restaurants or bars, like you have to show your vaccine card. And, um, you know, just the fact that she would take away that constitutional right (laughs) from from Clallam and Jefferson County residents, um, you know, it, it has people up in arms.
1: Papers, please. Yeah, and it is her job to protect the Constitution. So this was a shocking <laughs> development. I mean, the funniest part about it was maybe like three years ago on like, uh, you know, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and like Netflix. There was a joke about how like they had, they had to, you know, they're the NFL owners meeting. And they have to like dig for time. So they just start doing the national anthem and they all have to stand up and like do it. And it was considered absurdist at the time. Now it's just life, I guess. This is just the life we live.
3: It is reality. And so, yeah, there was literally like 200 people jammed into the courthouse, no mask, not vaccinated. Um, So, yeah, good times.
1: And... I I mean, I guess nobody was going to follow this rule anyway, so it seems all pointless. But what's the what's the current situation? If I if I want to have brunch on the peninsula, what do I got to do, Cassidy?
3: So here's the wild thing is um, so this was issued, I think, on like Thursday, last Thursday. And by Friday, there were several restaurants that like had posted online or they had said otherwise um, that they weren't going to be open all weekend because their entire staffs had quit. Um, because, oh n- and here here's the wild part: it's not even a mandate saying that the um, employees have to get vaccinated. They quit because they do not believe in enforcing this mandate.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Um, We're all gonna die.
3: Well, so. I mean
2: that that I get that to an extent, <laughs> right? Because it's like they're out there in this place where people are pissed, where people are not having this shit, and the owners coming to them and saying, "Okay, we got to follow this mass mandate." That it is doing what we've done every place else right even in like you know uh liberal cities where they've actually you know done these kind of uh the ma- like ma- the mask mandate stuff in restaurants it was down to the staff to enforce that and even doing it for like jet setting elite wealthy tourists in cities even just enforcing the mask mandate was uh which is i think a less contentious issue than the vaccines was like this awful burden put on, on servers and staff like that. Right. Like, so I can, I could see, I, I get it. Like not wanting to tell the fucking residents of the peninsula, like get the fuck out of here. You didn't bring, you wouldn't let me see your papers, you know?
3: I mean like I hear that but um, from what I've heard of the people who have quit that are like people I went to high school with yeah. these are like conspiracy theory nerds yeah, that yeah. like okay. they're not vaccinated and they just they don't believe in like breaking the constitution you know so mm.
2: okay fair enough they're also <laughs> chuds okay yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah no I mean that uh, that's a super good point and I mean yeah that's something like you know that we want to talk about at some point is like the whole thing of like bargaining around the vaccine stuff, you know, like that is a legitimate thing. Um but yeah, I don't think that that's what this is necessarily.
2: Yeah, we're all doomed. I don't know. I don't know what to <laughs> say about that. Great tactic though to keep in mind this whole the uh pledge of allegiance ploy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to derail any of these uh meetings at school board meetings, you know, at city council meetings, apparently just yell start yelling out the pledge of allegiance.
2: Yeah, or get someone else to do it while you make your escape, you know? Yeah.
4: (laughs) I I just kind of can't get over that, like, so many of these, like, health officials are probably just, like nice people who went to like the school of public health at UW and then were like I'm going to move home and do good and now no, they literally. Have, and they have like 200 people
3: like aggressively chanting the pledge of allegiance in their lobby and they're like I did not sign up for this like no you should see the comments about poor Dr. Allison Barry like people are like you know they, they'll drop like her last name that she had before she was married and be like you know she should be looking out just keep an eye out and I'm just like, Jesus, dude, this poor lady, like she just doesn't want people to die. Like, oh gosh, you can still get takeout. Like, <laughs> oh my
1: God. Yeah. Oh shit.
3: Meanwhile, like the entire like little league football or whatever it's called, like the, all the kids got COVID before school yeah. even started. And yeah, it's just, it's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this or on the show. You guys talked about this last week, but, uh, Everybody's going to get it, man. Like, you know, once the school's yeah. open, it's going to be a fucking free for all. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. while we're on that subject
2: uh, with, yeah, the numbers like out of control, school hasn't even started here. Right. Or did they? Or They it started this way tomorrow. <laughs> they yeah. did. Uh, yeah. Or last week. But sir. That would be tomorrow, I guess. Right. Oh, last week. Okay. Um, yeah. It's going to get bad. I, I should do a check in with you guys and ask the, I guess, I think the most important question. Are you all getting your zinc? Are you getting enough? Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Are are we, uh, you know, overloading ourselves with (laughs) questionable supplements? I went down
4: down to my nice neighborhood Ace Hardware, got myself some ivermectin, so I'm all stocked up.
3: Hell yeah.
1: Perfect. Wait, Greg, Uh, what did you you give us in Iowa?
3: No, what did you give us in Iowa? Because you gave us some supplement. Say
1: magnesium. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I gave them zinc. I gave them yeah. zinc because they needed it for their immune systems because they COVID, were getting sick, yeah, and we
3: had COVID. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which, and stop, no, I don't know. I don't do not understand how you can connect this so uh, fallaciously to magnesium, which was a f- totally different thing. Uh, I was taking too much of that. I'm taking the exact right amount of zinc which I need, <laughs> oh. which you need for your immune system and other function as well. <laughs> Everybody, take more zinc.
4: Ah, the Goldilocks zinc rule. Yes.
2: <laughs> exactly. Good,
4: Greg. Well, Cassidy, at least there's no, like, huge natural disaster coming to the peninsula anytime soon, right?
3: No, 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 no. I mean, there was just, like, tsunami warning uh, sirens and uh, an earthquake in BC today. Oh, but uh, it's fine. Everything's fine.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, it was a warning. It didn't happen. Yeah, it was just so a it, It's fine.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um wow. but
3: do we wanna do we wanna move up north to uh the, the many issues and things that are happening just a few miles away?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna take a guess and say if Canada has anything analogous to the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, no one here is going to know how to recite it. Um, and I don't know the words to O Canada either, which would be the next best. The anthem would be the next best thing, right?
4: The true north strong and free. Oh, well, yes. Um, well, funny story. So part of my family does indeed live in Canada. So I have some excuse to not be a total creeper about everything Canada. But they move. Hang on. From-
2: You're not Canadian?
4: No, <laughs> she's Canadian adjacent. You know? I'm Canadian okay. adjacent. Yeah, I'm I'm Watcom County, you know, Canadian. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, you know.
1: Um,
4: and my family moved from Texas, and so my cousins, oh. when they were little, grew up not only doing the Pledge of Allegiance every day at school, but then every kid in Texas does the Texas pledge of allegiance where yeah. you pledge allegiance to the republic of texas and <laughs> and then they moved to ontario and they were like wait what's going on and everybody thought they were like total freaks which is hilarious because
0: <laughs> they
2: were, they were, because yeah. they were. <laughs> you see, and to the republic of texas for which it stands and that's when you swish the tail of your coonskin cap from one shoulder to the other no.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Left yeah. to right, Greg.
2: Left to right. <laughs> Wait, but okay, whatever.
3: so I mean, I live in Port Angeles my entire life, which is 11 miles away from Victoria. It's closer to Victoria than I am Squim, which is 13 miles away, and I don't know shit about Canada anything. Um so, yeah, like I'm very much looking forward to you indulging us. Um so I mean, like besides your adjacent familiness, like why why do we why do you care Vanna like what is it <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> and I'm gonna answer it in like an allegory so cool.
4: we all have that like one mutual friend whose name is like Aaron and he just freaking loves like european league football right his favorite team is like liverpool he's obsessed with it he knows all the players the coaches the history he flies every few years to go to a game totally
3: yeah i've hooked up with this guy yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) we all know an aaron
4: right he's like texting you at 3 a.m and he's like goal right okay (laughs) I am, yes. I am Aaron Okay, but for Canadian politics, <laughs>
2: but for the Liberal Party
1: of Canada.
3: No,
0: don't no. put that
3: on me. Don't you dare <laughs> put that on me. Yes.
1: Wake <laughs> up, the tax of the bill night and just say Trudeau. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> That's only if he why we've loses. invited
2: Vana to be here. It's because Vana is uh, a local representative of the. Uh, Liberal Party campaign and of Trudeau's uh, <laughs> Justin Trudeau's I am, office. I am the
4: riding association president for uh-huh. the Liberal Party of Canada. Yep. These are um, all things we know about. Yeah. Seattle
2: riding. The Seattle riding. <laughs> and, and uh and so naturally, you know, that you're who we thought of when we wanted to know about uh what's going on in Canadian politics right now, such as their uh, the thing I guess they call an election that they just pull out of their ass whenever they want.
4: They truly do. Yeah. I mean, in all sincerity, Canada is interesting for like American politicos because I do believe that the more you learn about Canada, kind of the more that you have to compare to the United States, because like culturally and politically, like we're not that dissimilar, but there's just different political systems and different kind of political economies. But like, it is so fun to learn about British Columbia as a Washingtonian because we're not that different, you know, but you can kind of see how the histories and the governmental systems have built different societies that we have to live in now and so it is just inordinately interesting to me and a big like uh, a big plus is that canada has a huge like had a huge socialist movement over the last hundred years that created political parties and governed provinces and created social programs and as a socialist it's really really cool to learn about because it's actually you get to read about shit that socialists actually did yeah and governed instead of just like
0: and
2: then you stop know. reading then stop and right then there stop, <laughs> stop at about
4: 1954 and you're great yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so they called a snap election so if you visit canadian political twitter that's what you're going to be seeing is all election stuff all the time so it's very exciting stuff in canada right well, now
1: Can you explain for our uh, American listeners who have no idea what a snap election is, uh, what that is?
4: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So Canada, like the United Kingdom and like Australia, so like Commonwealth countries, functions on the Westminster parliamentary system. And Canada, um, the head of state, is actually the Queen of England still right and Wild. <laughs> I know Own. all hail God yeah. save etc etc wow. um, and so as like a colony basically still they have this political system where the prime minister has every right to go to the queen's representative a person called the governor general and ask to call an election they have a nominal fixed election date which is every four years mm-hmm. but they don't have to stick to it and if the governor general says yes which they all always do because they don't want like a constitutional crisis they'll call an election and prime ministers call what are called snap elections when they think that they're going to win more seats and oh. and Trudeau, um, who was the prime minister slash is the current prime minister, but when parliament dissolves, right, when the election begins and parliament dissolves and everyone goes out to campaign, he's no longer technically the prime minister. He's actually oh, wow. the leader of his party, right? The Liberal Party of Canada. So he's technically the liberal leader, but we'll call him the prime minister right now. Um, he has had a minority government, which means he's had the most seats, but not enough to pass everything without asking other people to vote for it. And so, because he's like a very vain hubristic man, he doesn't want to ask anybody for anything. And so he just like, was like, well, my polls look good. I'm going to go call an election and fucking turns out like people don't really want to do that. And they've like hated
0: it.
2: Uh, That's the deal. He gets that. He gets that moxie from his father uh, another world famous, uh, head of state, Fidel Castro.
4: Yeah. Yep. Fidel. <laughs> um, I actually believe that conspiracy theory, by the way. It's absolutely
2: 100% true. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I think
4: that Margaret Trudeau is going to admit that on her deathbed, like that she fucked up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely.
4: Dude. Okay. Margaret Trudeau, wild, wild lady, (laughs) kind of cool, but also very corrupt. She, she deserves a Hmm. whole podcast in and of herself. So, wow. Um, Yeah.
2: Well, anyway, uh, international political swingers, uh and yeah he's definitely castro's son i mean just for sure pierre trudeau's ugly as shit um
4: he truly is he did do. he's extremely Mm
2: -hmm. british looking and Mm uh uh yeah that's that's not don't tell
4: a quebecer that they're british looking
2: so (laughs) so he's like so he's yeah he's the head of the liberal party and i think like maybe we should talk about like uh what the liberal party like represents right like
4: yeah Yeah, let's talk about the parties a little bit okay so to set the stage there are like multiple different parties right that are like some of them are only running candidates in certain parts of the country so but there are three main national parties one is justin trudeau's liberal party and they're the centrist party in canada Liberal doesn't mean what it means in the U.S., although maybe it does mean what it means in the like U.S. Now. <laughs> yeah, right. but, but people just use it incorrectly, right? But mm. liberal in Canada means centrist. And then on the right um, is the Conservative Party of Canada, and they kind of eat up the center right. And then on the center left, there's the new Democratic Party which people also call the NDP and the New Democratic Party is like the Labour Party in Canada and it's uh it's governed in provinces but never nationally it's actually the government in British Columbia right now. And then there's like the green party and the people's party of Canada, which I hope we talk about. <laughs> and then the, uh, Quebecois, which is the Quebec nationalist party, which only runs in Quebec. So that's oh, kind of a bit of the cool. rundown. Um, but every party, except for the People's Party, has won seats before. And it's that's kind of the makeup of Parliament. So those are the characters.
1: Well, I mean, the People's Party has some exciting candidates, though, that we'll talk about later. So we're, we got hope that they're going to win something.
4: Oh, yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. They're on the
3: swing.
1: <laughs> they're, they're getting the mechanical freak bump tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to, I mean, just as an example of like... Um, what it means to like be a canadian liberal uh obviously so uh justin trudeau is the son of well, you know reportedly <laughs> reportedly the son of uh previous liberal prime minister uh, pierre trudeau who was like a hugely popular figure right and including because like for i'm sure a lot of reasons but uh a big one is that they that he supposedly like he they re under him they uh changed their constitution to become what a canadian liberal thinks of as independent they literally celebrate canada day as like their independence uh and think of like uh the liberals and trudeau as like bringing canada into this new era and it's a perfect thing because like like you said at the top their head of state in that constitution is literally still the fucking queen of england um right right so like that's that's a li- that's that sounds like a liberal to me right like do some incremental half measures uh and symbolic shit and uh have it actually uh still not be true like decades later
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, so Pierre Trudeau, um, Justin's supposed father, he was, yeah, he was the first Trudeau mania, right? He was a super popular prime minister, leader of the Liberal Party. And yeah, he is, he is like historically relevant for what they, what they call patriating their constitution for the first time. Whereas previously, Canada did not have a constitution because it was, technically still British North America. And under the British North America Act, that act kind of governed the way that Canada worked, right? And so to become this quote unquote, multicultural modern nation, Pierre Trudeau, uh, patriated the constitution and helped write the constitution of Canada along with the charter of rights and freedoms, which is kind of their equivalent of, you know, our bill of rights. Um, and he made all of these concessions and wheelings and dealings with all the provinces, including Quebec, which didn't want to be part of Canada. It still doesn't really want to be part of Canada. They believe that they're their own nation. And so to keep, uh, Quebec happy, They put in this thing in this constitution called the notwithstanding clause, which is basically like this escape button where anytime a province doesn't like any law or they don't want any law that they want to pass to be applied to the constitution, they go, notwithstanding. And so this classic fucking liberal thing of like... Premiers, so the heads of the provincial governments are using the notwithstanding clause in Quebec to pass like bans on religious symbols for public servants. So, like, teachers can't wear hijabs or yarmulkes in Quebec. Oh, Jesus. And so, like, classic liberal, right? And, like, fast forward to Justin Trudeau, another classic liberal thing is like, he bought, he made his government buy a pipeline, and then he's like, we are the party of the of like climate change, you know, action, like real action on climate change.
1: Right. Damn, they are like the Democrats.
4: Oh, they are. The, they are like the worst of the Democrats. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is like the liberal party. Right. And the conservatives are interesting for all kinds of different reasons, too. They kind of come out of this Western alienation reform movement in the prairies and Alberta. Um, that's like a huge part of their party, as well as like, you know, financial conservatives. And then the NDP is like kind of the social democratic. They've moderated themselves over time from their socialist roots, but they're kind of the social democratic labor party that, you know, still campaigns on like means testing dental care, for example. So <laughs> that's kind of like the state of the major parties. Nice. They're all a little neoliberal at the end of the day. Ouch. I know.
1: Yeah, so over the summer, right, they, you know, liberals decide they want to get a greater majority in parliament. They decide to call the snap election, but presumably to, like, sell voters on this. Like, what, what are they pitching? Like, what what what's the why should and, anybody give a shit about this? And
3: also, like, what are the numbers now? Like, where where do they stand in terms of, like, being a minority? Like, how much do they do, do they have to gain theoretically to have the majority?
4: Okay. yes. So, well, I'll start with the numbers right here because I've got my little CBC poll tracker up. So, well, to get a majority, it's 170 seats in the House Mm -hmm. of Commons. So 170 is the magic number. Mm -hmm. Um, They were like at like 150 something or like high Mm -hmm. 150s, mid-high 150s. So pretty close to a majority. Like it was a very strong minority government. And um, and they called this snap election because they were like, oh, well, we only got to win like a dozen seats or whatever. Right. We could do that in our sleep because Justin Trudeau's so (laughs) handsome. Right. (laughs) Interesting.
2: (laughs) Interesting that we even think that that is what that they actually wanted to hold more power, because like if we're comparing them to the Democrats, uh, no Democrat would have called that snap election uh, (laughs) for fear of actually winning. You know, yeah, <laughs> truly, truly. Well, I mean, of course they
4: win and then they do nothing. They do fuck all. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to the earlier question of like, what are they even running on? That's a great fucking question because Justin <laughs> Trudeau like has gone out. First of all, their election has only, is only 36 days long, which is hilarious. Cassidy's going to jump off a cliff when mm-hmm. you hear that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So it's 36 <laughs> days long. We're about ish two thirds of the way through it. And, um, every day Justin Trudeau has gone out pretty much and promised something that he could have passed in his last six years as being prime minister, right? He's campaigned on, uh, childcare, $10 a day childcare great policy. However, sir, you could have done that five years ago. (laughs) He came out like last week and like promised a a national sick leave policy. Well, where was that 18 months ago when the pandemic started? So Jesus, he literally is doing a whole bunch of nothing burgers every single day. And it's turning into a really cynical campaign where people are like, really not buying it.
1: Yeah, and I, it's worth mentioning, right? The Liberals are not like an ascendant party, right? I mean, they—they they, it is normal for them to hold, you know, Parliament and things like that. So they could have done this. They literally could have done this. Oh any yes, time. yeah.
4: And in, in fact, yeah. most people call the Liberal Party of Canada the natural governing party of Canada, as and and it is the uh, oldest party of in Canada, um, and it's the party that's held government most often. Um, and it's also like the strongest political brand probably in like the Western world. Like it's just, it's so strong to be a liberal, but, um, to the numbers, uh, so in like April ish, the liberals were pulling, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine points above the conservatives and they were projected to win a majority government up until like probably early August, honestly. And then they called the election and they tanked. They totally tanked. And they finally crossed to the conservatives in their polling averages, like, on, like, late August. So they have been, like, losing steam, and the conservatives have been gaining steam for weeks now, and they just cannot turn it around. It's just been such an exercise in
3: futility. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, that, I, I, I've i been watching the numbers a little bit and just... Uh... Yeah, it's been <laughs> – it's, like, sad but really funny Um, just, like, how much they dropped the ball. But, like, they chose this path, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just – yeah, it's wild. Yeah, they've chosen
4: their own fate here. And the hilarious part, too, is, like, Justin Trudeau is, like – he's, like, out there amongst the people, right? He's getting, like, rocks thrown at him, like, at rallies because people are mad at him. And the conservative party leader, this guy named Aaron O'Toole, is literally – he's literally in like a purpose built inside studio in Ottawa doing like fucking like Twitch live streams effectively. (laughs) And that's like his whole campaign. And it's like, honestly kind of working. He's not going out and doing a lot of stuff. Um, When he does go out, he's well received generally to the places that he does go. But um Trudeau's working for it and I mean the conservatives are too but it's not like they're running even remotely similar campaigns um and people just kind of are responding to this guy in a studio more than Justin Trudeau on a campaign bus
3: (laughs) that's wild so like is the conservative party like are they I mean is it like Trumpy vibes or is it like you know conservative (laughs) like Mitt Romney vibe like what's the what's the
1: How's the Ford family doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's what we want to know.
3: Yes. Okay. So, well, oh my gosh. Let's
4: talk about the Fords for just a sec. So the Fords (laughs) are, you know, a dynasty in and of themselves, right? They're a political family in Ontario. And um, the the most famous son, many people probably know as being famous for like just straight up smoking crack in his office when he was mayor (laughs) of Toronto. Yes.
1: Got my Um, vote. I mean, <laughs> honestly, he sounds cool. Cool, yeah, yeah, cooler than any American politician.
0: Uh, honestly, <laughs> iconic. Yeah.
4: yeah, rest in rest in power, Rob Ford. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um and he was the mayor of toronto and it's funny because like i think rob ford who was that you know he's the crack smoking mayor of toronto he set kind of this like of the people populist sort of vibe back into canadian politics and this was like you know eight ish years ago eight ten years ago that he came on the scene um and people really responded to him like a like toronto a very big diverse like big footprint of a city. People loved the guy. Mm -hmm. And then when he died, um, his addictions got the better of him eventually. Um, He passed away. His brother, Doug, (laughs) Doug Ford, (laughs) um, kind of took up the mantle. And Doug Ford literally now is the equivalent of the governor of Ontario. (laughs) So
0: he he
4: runs the government of Ontario. And he sort of like, is that every man? He's like the populist, a bit anti-elitist, every man. And it's like a comeback for the people and for his brother oh yeah yeah his his literal theme song for all of his campaigns (laughs) goes for the people (laughs) and it's like it's so good it's so good (laughs) um but like that kind of like anti-establishment anti-elite sort of like populist vibes
2: Mm -hmm. and right wing Mm -hmm. i mean it's all those things on on the but on the right
4: Yes, correct. Yeah. On the right wing. um, Yeah. Like kind of still anti-government, but like weirdly still sort of like, at least in rhetoric and not really in practice, Mm -hmm. like pro public service. So you kind of have this like that, um, you know, sort of that old timey Trumpian thing of like, we hate the elites. We're going to fund Medicare. You know, Mm. and like that's kind of their vibes generally on the Canadian right is like we're not going to touch our public health care system. In fact, we're going to put more money into it. Right. But uh, we hate the elites and the corporations. Wink, wink, not, not sort of Mm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And so that's a little bit of the vibes of Canada's current conservative party, which has only been a party since like 2004. Um, And before that they were called the progressive conservatives and and they were like, they were basically just the more business friendly liberals. Like there was no real difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then they formed this coalition party with this real anti-establishment party called the reform party, which was the party that I mentioned that was like built off of like Western alienation and like, the prairies and in Alberta <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that really hated people. And they were like, well, let's come together with the progressive conservatives and create this new party. And that's like what we've had for the last, you know, 15 years or whatever in Canada is kind of this like Frankenstein baby of those two parties. Um, and this current guy, Aaron O'Toole, is like he presents moderate but kind of anti-elitist mm-hmm. and also pro-public ser- like service, right? And so he kind of has that veneer of this guy that people want to vote for and that they don't feel too threatened by him compared to Trudeau, who wins because he gets people scared about, like, oh, if the conservatives are elected, then there's going to be no more abortion in Canada kind of thing. Right. Like, that's mm-hmm. his hat trick, you know what I mean? Right. So
1: well hey you know i mean the democrats run on that too and we see how well it's done so (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, exactly Well, i mean
2: (laughs) has anyone considered that the possibility that someone decided trudeau should call this election because the liberal party had been in power too long not doing anything good and uh needed to like get out of that spotlight like it it sounds to me like at some level they're throwing this you know i i just i have to assume that on some level are
3: they throwing it or are they like just that out of touch with reality that they thought they could win like
2: yeah i I think a little bit
0: of both probably (laughs) right
4: right yeah you know i mean there's like the natural sort of baggage that being the incumbent government like brings with you right and they're kind of slogging their way through that i mean i swear to god right like they think that justin trudeau is like the Like, the Liberal Party of Canada and its people think that Justin Trudeau is, like, the best thing since, like, sliced bread, right? Like, they run Mm. on exclusively Justin Trudeau vibes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every single time. And it has worked for them two times, right? And so they're like, we're going to vibe up again, fam, right, and (laughs) call this election, and it's not really working. Right. Because people are like, what are you talking about? Like you didn't give us sick days last year and now you're saying you're going to give them to us. You didn't fix the housing crisis six years ago and now you say you're going to, you know, and it's just, it's kind of a whole bunch of nothing. Um And Justin Trudeau is honestly off his game a little bit. Like he's getting flustered in debates. Um, He was really on the ropes in the debate last week. Like I said, protesters are following him around to every single campaign
3: stop and throwing (laughs) rocks at him. (laughs) Um, It's not great. It's not it's not great out there. Yet, like, you know, from the the couple Canadian memes I have seen, um, because I do get a little bit of that, you know, Victoria crossover on my Instagram stories, Um, like the the Liberal Party is blaming the NDP for their fall in the polls. Like, right. <laughs> classic. <laughs> it's, it's, classic. It's, see, it's, Bernie
4: it's a tale as old as time in Canada. They call that the strategic voting argument. And mm-hmm. the liberals break it out every election and they basically try and bully people who want to vote for the New Democrats and say, well, if you're going to vote for the New Democrats, then you're just basically electing a conservative. So you have right. to vote for the liberals, right? And it has worked. Like there are many elections where that has worked, especially when you talk about your l- local district, which they call ridings. When you talk about your local riding, like, Yeah. You know, if like the liberal candidates polling number two and you want to vote for the NDP and then the conservative wins, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe you should have voted for the conservative or for the liberal. But nationally, you should just vote for who you believe in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. They always are like the NDP is eating our lunch and it's not true.
2: (laughs) If the electorate has been disciplined on this argument in the past that you can't vote NDP, you have to vote liberal to prevent you know, the conservatives from coming back into power from, you know, bringing back like, you know, the, uh, the Harper years. Did, what does that mean now? If everyone's seeing the polls and seeing like, Oh, the liberals are fucked. Uh, it doesn't really matter what I do. So are they going to fuck them even more by voting for uh, NDP now?
0: The yeah. I mean,
2: honestly disciplined.
4: Yeah. I mean, people there, there is quite a bit of that where it's like, well, you know, people are sitting around being like, well, first of all, Every single polling gain that statistically that the conservatives have gotten has come from the liberals. <laughs> like you can look at the poll trackers and they just have a perfect inversion mm-hmm. between the two parties. Right. Mm-hmm. While the NDP is like steadily climbing, you know, half a point every week kind of thing. Right. They're not really taking huge bites out of any one electorate. Um so, statistically, it's not correct. And also, people are so tired of that cynical argument that they're like, no, actually, I'm going to vote my conscience. I'm going to vote for the NDP um, because they're just tired of being told by the liberals year after year after year that they have to vote for them. And people just don't want to anymore. They actually want to vote for Jugmeet Singh, who is the leader of the NDP, and he's the most popular party leader in Canada by like 18 points. Like it's not
3: even close. I mean, and he was on a Twitch stream with AOC, like he the people so love was. him. Yeah. yeah,
4: so Yeah, he's like legitimately cool, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um all right, let's and very not, like let's
2: authentic. Not, let's not go crazy here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nice guy. Any, uh, Canadian politician is cool is actually cool
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know Jigme's pretty I don't know he was handing out free poutine in in Quebec Ooh, last week from an wow. NDP poutine truck so I think there that's pretty cool He's got Vaughn's vote. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd totally eat does.
2: poutine and I'd vote for him, but I don't know if I'd like, you know, wear his face on a T-shirt. That's all I'm saying.
4: <laughs> oh, I, I did look at his swag store. I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. purchase anything, but
3: <laughs> you're j- you're just going to Canada for the election. That's all.
4: Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to do a quick touchdown, just do a quick check in, you know, Mm -hmm. but there are some really cool socialists running for the NDP, right? Because just like kind of the left here in America, you have like legitimately cool people Mm -hmm. who get, you know, the nomination every once in a while, right? And, um, in the NDP, they do have a number of really neat folks. And one of them is actually Naomi Klein's husband, <laughs> Oh, a <laughs> uh, guy named cool. Avi Lewis, um, who is running in British Columbia cause they live in BC. Um, and they're running or Avi's running, um, kind of in the coastal riding that goes from like West Vancouver. So like, kind of just like right over the bridge, sort of up to Whistler, Um, and you know, it's, I don't know if he's going to win. It's kind of a hard riding for the NDP, but, um, but he's, you know, running as basically an eco-socialist, right. In a kind of an upscale riding, right. With a lot of, uh, a lot of really rich people and a lot of like working class people who like live out off of that road, um, that goes all the way to Whistler. So, yeah, so that's, there's some, there's some really neat, there's some really neat folks who are first time candidates and incumbents on on the left for sure.
3: And so you had said earlier, like, so B.C., uh, like, is NDP majority. Yes. Provincially. What, was, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
4: yeah. So the British Columbia government is the British Columbia New Democratic Party. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just like like in the U.S., right, you have the Washington State Democrats, right? Right, right. And so in B.C., they have the Provincial Party and they Mm -hmm. are the government. And that was not the case for most of the last 20 years. Um, The center-right, really horrifically neoliberal government of the B.C. Liberal Party, which... Even though it sounds like they're part of the Liberal Party, folks, I have to tell you, they're a different party.
0: <laughs> that,
4: that is how specific and weird Canadian politics is. Yeah. Um, that the BC Liberals governed from like 2001 to 2017 and totally uninter- uninterrupted two different premiers than the BC NDP won in 2017 and they've governed since so they are the only NDP provincial government in Canada right now which is pretty remarkable but they're -hmm. holding it down for sure
3: that's wild and then also like I was wondering like kind of connected what is like the labor landscape um in in Canada and what I mean you know like here in the U.S. it's like you know nine percent of workers have union jobs like what's it look like up there well,
4: it depends by province a little bit. So the most unionized province is Quebec with like north of 35, 38% wow. of people mm-hmm. in a union. Um, and uh, nationwide, I think the average is like 33%, 32%. So about-ish a third of workers. Um, the public service is very, very highly unionized. The you know public sector unions mm-hmm. are huge in mm-hmm. Canada. They also don't have like, you know, janice right shit like that and they basically like imagine if the pro act had always been the law (laughs) that's canada
0: wild mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So which
4: kind of goes to show that even if we pass the PRO Act, well, Canada still only has like 30% right. yeah. union density. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you still have mm-hmm. to organize. But um, so that is kind of like the, the statistics of it. Mm-hmm. And then culturally, the New Democratic Party was formed with organized labor, which means that Unions have automatic delegates to the New Democratic Party conventions. And so they actually have a controlling stake in the NDP to to push policy and all that kind of stuff. And then before kind of recent election rules that came in in the last 10 years – Unions were the main funder of the NDP too. Since then, they've switched to like small dollar models and things like that um, because unions and businesses can't contribute to political parties in Canada. But that's bullshit. I know <laughs> I, I love me some union packs too. So, but mm-hmm. they got those too, right? Um, so, that's a little bit about the culture of it. However, while the NDP and organized labor are extremely highly tied. The Canadian Labor Congress, which is like the Canadian equivalent of the Uh uh AFL-CIO, they don't technically uh, endorse the NDP.
0: Hmm.
4: Um, They did make the strongest statement they've made recently at their convention a few months ago, which is that they passed a resolution that was like, we're going to support the NDP sort of like in principle, right? In practice, Mm -hmm. who, you know, that doesn't really who knows what that means sort of thing. Totally. I, I just saw the new president of the CLC say that she's, you know, they're not endorsing anyone, even though she literally ran as an NDP candidate two years ago, but whatever. Um, so that's kind of like the state of it. Like unions have worked with the liberals in the past on some legislation. Um, particularly when it comes to like making sure that things that they care about get funded. Um, but for the most part, the liberals and the conservatives are no friend to labor. And they can actually do this thing called legislating workers back to work, which means that the government can break strikes by passing a oh, wow.
3: law. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no, no, no.
4: I know. And they do it. And they do it frequently. <sighs> I'm sure they do.
3: So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's sad. Okay. I know. Well, yeah. wow. I mean... <laughs> That makes me (laughs) hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I mean, I wanna know what's happening the next couple weeks. So I mean, like you said, we're like two thirds of the way through. So like what can we expect in these next few weeks and then like what's happening with the actual election?
4: Well, this coming week, the hottest ticket in town is the English language leaders debate. So last week, (laughs) last week, Thursday was the French language one. So it was put on by a Quebec station, right? So everybody Mm -hmm. speaking French. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a there's a few more debates. So there's another French language debate. English is this week. So tune in for the debates. A lot of people make up their minds on how they're going to vote like after the first big English
3: debate. So so we that, could see some shifting is what you're saying. We could
4: see some shifting, yeah. although the polls have kind of stabilized with yeah. the conservatives in front. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that the conservatives are going to win because they kind of have weird gerrymandering almost called essentially it's called vote efficiencies where <laughs> even if you get like 35% of the popular vote, you still could win fewer seats than the liberals who have a higher vote efficiency. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they could get fewer votes. That's crazy. And that popular vote doesn't
1: match the result.
4: <laughs> I know it's so nuts. I've never heard of that before, no. but, um, uh. but we'll see. So that's kind of like what to look for. Um, I'm looking to see mm-hmm. if what the NDP is going to gain, if anything, they're kind of stuck around 20%. They are projected Mm -hmm. to win about 14 more seats, which is good for them. Um, They average around 40-ish historically over the last 60, 70 years. So I'm hoping that they kind of return to their equilibrium for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Yeah, and I also... (laughs) i just i hope the green party gets annihilated i just i think that
2: would be <laughs>
4: so great
0: <laughs>
2: is, yeah is there a chance they could hit zero
4: i mean they're at like 3.5 percent right now <laughs> they the, the green party's a mess like there could mm-hmm. be a whole podcast oh, another just shocker about. I know. Yeah. I know.
2: Yeah.
4: Um truly, um yeah, the Green Party got a new party leader um in the past year and um turns out when you elect like The first female black Jewish party leader in kind of a party full of old racist white
0: environmentalists.
4: (laughs) It doesn't go out very well. Um, Ouch, I know. And I know some greens, but like, I'm sorry, guys, it's been a train wreck. Oh my god. And um, and yeah, the like the executive council of her party tried to impeach her uh, Mm -hmm. a few months ago. Cool and that was a disaster. Right. Um, and yeah, and she also, it's basically, it basically happened all over Zionism too. Oh weirdly, like, oh no. <laughs> So because she's a a Zionist and some people in her party weren't right. So it's Mm. it's just a hodgepodge of a party um, that that literally culminated in like, I think, three or four days ago, the leader of the Green Party accidentally endorsing the Liberal Party in a speech. Wait, what?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw like, that. I couldn't what? figure out, are the green party, is it just pure incompetence or you know what?
4: Yes, question mark. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, mean I just really feel like that should be like the bars on the ground at that yeah. point. You know?
1: Well, that, that everybody's very confused and the green party shouldn't be the most shocking thing on the planet. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. True. Again, I, I smell, uh, I smell a rat. I
2: think that's a really funny, cool thing to do just as a petty, like, slap fight move to, like, show up <laughs> at someone's event who you hate and endorse True. their opponent accidentally because you're stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, yeah.
4: That I think was that box, like- actually. It was like, I had to watch that video of Annamie Paul, who's the leader of the Green Party, like four times, because I was like, what is actually happening here? It was just <laughs> astonishing to me. And then, like a week before, there were some, um, at an NDP press conference with the party leader, Jagmeet Singh, he was standing with a few indigenous leaders in the prairies, I think they were in Manitoba, and the um, the community leaders endorsed the liberal opponent like when Jagmeet was standing right there and oh that God. is three-dimensional chess like I guarantee yeah, yeah. the liberals Absolutely. had that yeah. was their plan you know what I mean wow. again based, oh, shady. totally based
2: thing to do um,
4: <laughs> I mean it's just ridiculous
2: uh that yeah that one more obviously is coordinated um but again I, th- I think the uh I think the the other one sounds like uh
1: Sounds like a petty uh, thing to do on purpose. Or a
4: Freudian slip.
3: I don't even yeah. know at this point. Yeah, yeah. I was going
1: to say, Greens eating shit out of pure incompetence is not necessarily <laughs> unprecedented. It's, it's right. Know? It's believable. Absolutely. Uh, it's a well, vanity party. <laughs> yeah. So this so this election, I mean, it's not like there is nothing at stake. So definitely I, I, I know this just because I am a Canadian politics insider. And it's not just that I read one article about Canada today. But the, you know, the extended <laughs> unemployment benefits for Canada that are COVID related or whatever ex- ends hilariously like weeks after the election. Right. Oh, my and all God. This kind of stuff. And so, I mean, there See, are, that's why and that's Trude- they called it
2: because they know they're not going to they're going to be even worse from now on.
1: When Trudeau has basically said that he doesn't want any spending without uh, like appropriate cuts because of uh, deficits and all that kind of shit. Right. So I mean, there is like great, perfect thing to campaign on. There are bad things that could happen after the election, right? And probably will, I guess, no matter who gets in office. But what are the what are the chances that uh, that Canada is uh, better in October than it was (laughs) right now? Like, what are the chances (sighs) that anything gets better?
4: I mean, not high, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. You're on the right show. (laughs) Yeah, not not high. Um,
4: Yeah, you know, the hilarious part is like those extended plussed up unemployment benefits that the liberals brought in were because they were in a minority parliament and the NDP extracted that concession out of them, right? They said, the NDP were like, look, if you are going to do this, that's not enough money and we're not going to vote for it. And they extracted uh, a higher, you know, higher minimum wage concessions, unemployment concessions, all that kind of stuff from the Liberals. And yeah, that is a ticking time bomb that is going to come due um, in a few months for like literally millions of Canadians. Um, So that's not cute. And also before the Liberals called the election, they went around and signed their $10 a day childcare agreements with like four provinces, four or five British Columbia was one of them. Like I think it was like Nova Scotia, um, some kind of smaller provinces, but if they don't win, no one's getting $10 a day childcare. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
4: Right. And so again, it was just a cynical ploy and the liberal party has literally been promising childcare since like 1997 or something like that. So
0: yeah,
4: it's uh it's not great and there's not a whole lot of inspiration in the conservative party platform either except for Aaron O'Toole did promise that he was going to put workers on the board of Canadian companies so that should be cute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with capitalism.
4: Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is like look I'm in favor of that but also like yeah. he's a, he's a monster that's, so Yeah. Yeah. No, you know.
1: That's just delaying the inevitable. But the the you know have have the liberals considered running on the $10 a day child care, getting elected and then saying, Oh, we meant $10 plus $300. That was very clear <laughs> in our ads. And you are, you actually are stupid for thinking we thought it did anything else. <laughs> the old child care
4: bait and switch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about that. Cause that works here every time.
4: Oh yeah, yeah exactly. It worked
1: for the Democrats and the stimulus. It's perfect. Yeah. Oh
4: my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm I wouldn't vote for the liberals if I were in Canada, but you know, on the uh, on the kind of you know pain threshold of what's a more terrible government, obviously the conservatives would be at the top, um, and then the People's Party of Canada would be even above that because <laughs> they've got yeah. people who are like fucking running for them who are like
0: yeah.
4: no fap semen retention.
3: Stands. Yeah, that's an yeah. inspiring message. Yeah, <laughs> let,
1: let, no, no. Let, let's hear about this. Let's let's uh, flesh this out a little. So, <laughs> no,
3: flesh
4: pe- it out.
1: The People's Party. They have an exciting new candidate. Let's hear about him.
4: <laughs> yes, in the riding of Saint John, Rothesay, we have Nicholas Pereira, or also known as what the hell's his Instagram name? It's Nikula Das um and he's an organizer of many of like the freedom rallies which basically are the anti-vax rallies oh
0: no
4: Mm -hmm. um which good stuff all around right so he's uh he you know he really should move to the peninsula i think he'd find a lot a lot of uh, a lot of brethren um but he has i i encourage i need you to run to your instagram and find this fucking man (laughs) on instagram and watch him deep breathe through his testicles
1: oh (laughs) shit no i saw this (laughs) Uh, could i perhaps favor the show with a, a brief reading from his instagram
3: please i would love it please thank you indulge please
1: So yeah, so we have him, he's hanging out, he's got like a Puma tracksuit on, he's sitting on the edge of like a bridge in the woods, and he (laughs) writes, this is, uh, oh I can't see the date, anyways, so he writes, breathe deeply into your balls, imagine (laughs) your testicles expanding like lungs, when you exhale, imagine your testicles deflating like your lungs would. Most men never breathe into their balls consciously. A simple practice can be used to stimulate your hashtag sex energy and begin to rotate it around the microcosmic orbit. Okay, so he does yoga. I don't see what
2: the big deal is. <laughs> <laughs> like you've never had a your yoga instructor say exactly that to you. <laughs>
1: yeah, it that rocks.
4: is hot yoga, right? That's hot yoga? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I do like that he says that most men never breathe into their balls. Consciously. Consciously, yeah, implying that yes. most men do do it, just it's a question <laughs> you whether just you do don't it, know it. Yeah. yeah, whether you're being yeah. mindful of it, get you woke, know? stay woke, get, you know? get fucking
4: woke. <laughs> I fucking want, I like rubbed my two remaining brain cells together to watch one of these, this guy's <laughs> Instagram lives, and
0: <laughs>
4: I don't think I'll ever be the same after it. Oh like, he, he was talking about how, like, the energy that like lives in your balls, like, instead of like expending it, like, <laughs> when you come, like, instead. Instead, you need to keep it in your brain so that it flows from the top of your brain into the microcosms. And, oh. you know, he's the creme de la creme when it comes to the People's Party <laughs> of Canada. So I'm I'm excited about him, personally. I believe
1: they don't hold any seats, for now. For yeah. now, yeah. for now.
4: I think the tide's <laughs> going to turn for them, I
3: really do. Uh, <laughs> this makes I me mean,
2: sympathetic to people who, you know, the whole, like, current in America of just, merciless discouraging of extraneous third parties like the people who still say oh blame Ralph Nader or Jill Stein for this or that you know and it's like you know maybe we should have that attitude because like maybe <laughs> this is the result of like <laughs> of like it being okay to have more than two parties uh that like gatekeep uh the establishment from people like this you know <laughs> like
4: it, yeah it's you're not wrong right <laughs> like this is the glory of multi-party democracy right here through your testicles <laughs>
1: <laughs> well the thing is it's like so me and my wife lately have taken to watching uh odd sports videos on youtube anyways Not important. The point is, sports used to be filled with all these strange, weird characters that were fun, and their lives were fun, and all the weird hijinks they would get up to were fun. And then the whole thing professionalized, and now you don't have it anymore, and it's all lesser for it. And that is what the American system does. It professionalizes. Everybody's a Pete Buttigieg or Elizabeth Uh Warren. Nobody's breathing deeply through their balls. (laughs) And I don't care that this guy isn't going to win. I don't care these silly... I love that I know about him and I wouldn't have known about yeah. him had he not run for office and had he not had that opportunity.
0: Yeah.
2: You because you don't do yoga. <laughs>
4: right. <laughs> You're not self-actualized. Wow.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not conscious about my ball breathing. Yeah, Yeah. Well, you know, millions of Americans who go to a yoga studio or, you know, do it on Netflix or whatever are breathing <laughs> through their balls right now. <laughs> Brian, this is a normal thing that you're just Get with it.
1: exposed yourself to well fans of the show uh if this is normal hit us up on discord let us know how you ball breathe <laughs>
0: Cool.
1: <laughs> let us know your ball breathing regimen yeah tips and
4: tricks of ball breathing <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead i was gonna say the weird thing about the people's party of canada too is that the leader of the ppc <laughs> <laughs> is um is this guy named Maxime Bernier and of course he's Quebecois because that's fun too right sure. but he kind of got famous be- for like a super normal libertarian thing that he believed which was that um Canada should end the supply management system, which essentially is like fancy price fixing for dairy products. So, (laughs) like a super specific thing that he cared about that literally no one else cared about. But he was kind of like a star in the Conservative Party. He was in the Conservative Party. He was a He was a cabinet minister in the Stephen Harper government, all this stuff, right? He runs, when Stephen Harper retires, he runs for the leadership of the conservative party, and he literally loses by less than one percentage point.
3: Wow. (laughs) On
4: On the 13th ballot of their convention, and he loses by less than a percent, and then he like takes his toys and goes home and creates the people's party of Canada.
3: Wow.
4: <laughs> and that's how we've got. This is like dairy price fixing <sighs> policy and a failed leadership race. <laughs>
1: so. That's awesome. That rocks. So, is, so is the people's party, is it just a bin for lunatics or is it far right? Like what, what's their deal?
4: it has become far right and i think that you know Mm -hmm. it was kind of always far right in that it was kind of the party of grievance right yeah like maxime bernier fundamentally is an aggrieved politician because he did not win the leadership of the conservative party of canada right and and the milk 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 thing the supply management of it all he's still so passionate about it um And so it was kind of the party of grievance that was irrelevant really up until anti-vax rallies,
0: Ah, right? And so
4: over the last year and a half, you know, kind of the alt-right right right wing of Canadian society has been flocking to this political party. It hasn't really made them any more electorally relevant, Mm -hmm. right? But it is giving this guy like pretty big crowds when he's Mm -hmm. going around the country doing a stump speech of like... Literally, he tweets shit nowadays that's like woke leftism and the transgender agenda. Oh my god! You know, when he cared about milk three years ago, <laughs> yeah. this man cared about milk, right? So
0: yeah.
2: since then, he's been listening to our show. I and, uh, know. <laughs> I say Harry Potter ruins everybody. You know,
0: <laughs> totally. Oh, <sorry.
4: laughs> uh, he's See, been corrupted. Again.
2: Another defense of the glorious uh, two-party <laughs> system where the two parties are forced to have big tents where they make coalitions with all the psychos and cranks and freaks and uh, fascists in America mm-hmm. and just bring them in and just be all one big happy family and synthesize wow. an insane, contradictory, nonsensical uh, like platform and ideology to hold it all together or or not, you know?
4: Yeah. The coordinated ball breathing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's kind of true in, in that if the, if Canada went to a proportionate proportional representation system, instead of, Westminster parliamentary first past the post, right? The most votes win the riding kind of system. And like, instead of saying, oh, the People's Party got 6% of the national vote, so they're entitled to two members of parliament, right, kind of thing. Like, they probably are not going to end up with any seats, right? So the first past the post system does probably keep them out of the house of commons but if they went to a proportional representation system i mean sweet jesus this party could get you know they they were polling at seven percent a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. they've since gone down a little bit but like that is a real thing that like the system in and of itself in canada still does kind of regulate some of Mm -hmm. those factional parties um But also, too, it elects all kinds of weird regional parties, right? Like we mentioned reform or the Bloc Québécois, you know, people who only really run in certain parts of the country still get
3: elected and hold sometimes the balance of power in the parliament. So does does the this guy is he going to be at the uh, English debate whatever thing this week? I think he is going to be. And oh yeah!
4: It is. It's kind of a funky system where the Canadian Broadcasting Consortium or whatever mm-hmm. came together a few elections ago and finally set some like debate requirements. Previously, it was like the fucking wild west of debates. Like there were, you know, People showed up or didn't or whatever, you know, but finally mm. they all got together and they were like, OK, they set some parameters of like how well you've been polling for how long mm-hmm. kind of gets you a spot in the debates. And I think that Maxim Bernier is going to be in this upcoming debate along with the Green Party leader and the Bloc Québécois leader. Plus the three other leaders. So I think it's going to be
3: <laughs> a goat rodeo and I'm looking forward to it. Hell I'm yeah. excited. Can we, like, do you know if we can watch online or is it Canadians only? I think <laughs> <laughs> Canadians only. I mean- I, Deadass Cassidy, I think, don't you get fucking
4: like the public access Victoria TV we, at your house? We used
3: to get CBC, yeah, but you know, we don't have like antenna anymore but yeah i I mean that used to be the only channel we got yeah
4: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i remember growing up here Mm -hmm. in king county and like we got both pbs stations essentially like the public public bc one and um and Seattle. But um, yeah, no, I think you can watch it. I think they live stream it on YouTube. I'm, I'm watching it. Although I will say a few years ago, I purchased a VPN (laughs) specifically for this purpose. So I won't have a problem. (laughs) Cool, I'm I'm happy for you. Thank you. It was a good investment for sure.
3: And then, yeah, I mean like, do they have like mail-in voting or is this all happening on September 20th? Like what's the deal? So yeah, election day is September 20th and the vast majority of Canadians
4: still do go to the polls um, but Elections Canada, which is the, you know, bureaucratic organization that runs mm-hmm. elections nationally, um, has been pushing mail-in voting. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Good Lord. Well, the provinces do run their own still, which is still kind of, it can be kind of a mess sometimes, but, um, they have been pushing mail-in voting, but you have, a, I believe until the 14th to request your ballot. Um, and it's not a very common practice. It's typically for like people who are disabled or older voters, Mm -hmm. um, who like know how to do it. I heard from like one person I was listening to talk about it. He literally got halfway through and he was like, it's so complicated. I'm not even going to do it. I'm just going to like hold my breath and vote basically in the booth. So, wow, (laughs) so um, so that's, that's kind of the state of the logistics of mailing in votes although it technically possible but so yeah. does that
3: mean we will actually get results and know who wins like on the 20th or probably yeah it is typical in Canadian elections that you know that night mm-hmm. and
4: also based on modeling the CBC which is like mm-hmm. basically it's like the election caller right the CBC is gonna call the election mm-hmm. because it's kind of the only new service in Canada I mean it's like the main one right mm-hmm. um So they'll be able to call it like the night of, and they'll probably sometimes be able to even call it before all the results come in, because they'll close the polls starting in like Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, right, all the way in the east, which is like five and a half time zones away from us, right? And then by the time they get to Alberta and BC, sometimes it's a foregone conclusion. They don't even need to finish counting. So, But we'll see. I think it's going to be close. And there might be some writings that are still up for grabs by the end of it all. But I think we'll have a good idea on the 20th.
3: Wow. And you will be... Partying, having the time of your life, correct? I my goal is to go to Vancouver
4: and see what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're wow. gonna
2: that's we're, dedication to.
4: I know, I know. What is I, some nerd shit? <laughs> I mean, we didn't even go through the whole story of me literally going to the swearing in of the 2017 BC government. So I mean, I I've been done doing this
2: <laughs> for
0: a long time. Oh, gotta have a
2: hobby, I guess.
4: I know we all have to have our thing that makes us, you know, escape the no, and I mean, reality. Of you,
3: you haven't been able to go for a, a while, and so you just went, right, like last week?
4: Yeah, I went like, yeah, yeah a week and a half yeah. ago or so. Yeah. I was I was in uh, West, what, what's the writing name? West Vancouver Sea to Sky Country or something like that, <laughs> um, where Avi Lewis is running because I went to Whistler for a vacation, and I... Got to drive all the way from Vancouver to Whistler and the whole place was blanketed with Avi signs, which is awesome. Wow. Um, wow. Very exciting. But yeah, my goal, because the leader of the NDP, Jigmeet Singh, represents a riding that's in Burnaby, British Columbia, my hunch, although I am not certain, but my hunch is that there will be some really good festivities going on in the Vancouver area. Hell yeah. Um, so I will try and see what's up, but covid is also getting worse up there and so they've been cutting down on crowd sizes
0: (laughs) sad sad sad
4: wow
3: so if I don't come it.
4: back on the 21st, you know where to find me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we will be anxiously awaiting uh, the results and an update from you as well. But if uh, our listeners want to, you know, stay updated, maybe indulge in some of this uh, Canadian stuffs as well. What what sort of places can they go or look? So I,
4: I definitely would suggest that people, if you're down to read some stuff, um, there are some really great independent media outlets in Canada that do great coverage. Um, read Passage, The Orca, The Tai um, from British Columbia, um, Press Progress, um, The Walrus is great. And then Breach Media is a new media outlet that is really, really, really good. So Breach Media, um, is like, Leftist uh, mm-hmm, perspective. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend that. Um, some politicians to follow um, Leah Gazan, member of parliament from Winnipeg Center, socialist, really cool. Matthew Green from Hamilton Center in Ontario. Um, he's also a socialist and an abolitionist. Very cool. Um, definitely shout out to Avi Lewis. Nikki Ashton, um, democratic socialist from northern Manitoba. Um, and then uh, one to watch a person running for her first time, Alejandra Bravo in Toronto, Davenport um, for the NDP. Very cool, too. So, cool. Uh, yeah. So stay up to date.
3: Do your read and follow some fun people on Twitter and follow Jagmeet Singh on TikTok. That's and I mean, time too. if anybody wanted to, you know, like do some phone banking or volunteer, like as Americans, are we allowed to do that? Or are we barred <laughs> from such involvement? You know, I, I think it's a don't ask, don't tell policy. Oh, <laughs>
4: so oh. I definitely have knocked doors mm-hmm. um, and I've made phone calls. Mm-hmm. So um, typically the NDP can just patch you into their like call hub sort of right, right, program right. Yeah. thing. So it's not not too bad. Um, and if you just go to any candidate's website they'll have like phone bank shifts and stuff that you can sign up for so Cute. I will be making some calls for Avi Lewis um because he needs the help and I'll probably do a few for Alejandro Bravo because I think Hell she's yeah. got a good shot too so
3: go for it Well, cool. yeah and I mean you know we are the international union of painters and allied trades and so we got we got to represent I have, it, right? I have every I have every right to be making these phone calls <laughs> let me tell you exactly. <laughs> yes oh my gosh well Vanna, thank you for joining us anything else you want to add before we we call it oh man i just you know wish me luck when i'm making up my story for how to get across the border yes
0: yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) for for personal business not for swaying elections right yeah definitely not for being an international spy yeah no no way absolutely not awesome well thank you (laughs) thank you fam it was so fun (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, thank you thank you for coming on vana And, uh, for giving us this, uh, opportunity and blueprint for doing some internationalist, uh, electoralism (laughs) (laughs) and yeah. Learning a little bit about Canada. Um, I think that's all we have. Oh,
1: we might have a new patron.
3: Oh,
2: we have a new patron. We
1: also have some, uh, we got, we got announcements. Do we? Do
3: we? We we do have announcements.
1: Let's hear it. So announcement number one, uh, posting tonight as actually i just checked and it is up on mechanical freak right now uh our friend chewie from texas socks wrote an article about the labor politics of ufc so go check that out on the mechanical freak website and if you want to be really cool you can listen to me chewie and greg talk about it uh on patreon uh which then you can be very cool like new patreon cmpn sure that's a name, <laughs> but also, <laughs> but, but also, um, Munya and I are about to start doing a series on Greg Grandin's book *End of the Myth*, which is going to be a bit of a book club kind of thing. So, if you guys want oh. to join us with us, that is going to be starting. Sunday, September 19th. And we have a lot of episodes in store for you. We're going to be talking about the book, going through it. And we also have a lot of very good interviews with uh, some historians and other people who probably, if they're smart, wouldn't have returned our emails and DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I guess take whatever they have to say with a grain of salt, knowing they did that. Um, But very exciting. A lot of great episodes. So uh, if you... That sounds like something you're into. I don't know. Go get your copy of Greg Grandin's End of the Myth, or do not DM me about free, you know, electronic copies of the book. That would be irresponsible and, uh, you know, not okay for me to give you those. So (laughs) do not do that. (laughs) All right. No, 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 no. no. But uh, yeah, so feel free to check that out. We're, I think we're going to hear more about this next week,
2: maybe some kind of little preview action. You've got a week and a half to get the book you know don't want to give too much away uh, and i know almost nothing except that this is a project that has been that uh, a lot of hours have gone into from Mooney and brian and uh it's gonna be good guys uh, yeah
1: unless of course you so, don't like it and then we we didn't put a lot of time it's, it's a big deal
0: no <laughs> yeah. we don't it's, like it i mean just we, like, we just I threw heard. it on.
1: no, no yeah, i mean yeah. like this is this uh,
2: everything i do know about what it's going to be is going to be really awesome. I mean, no, there's nothing but great reviews for the book. Um, and I've just heard little snippets of a lot more going on. So this is going to be something, you know, if you're looking for some, uh, some history to read, uh, I bet, I bet Grandin is on your list listener. Yeah. And this if, would if... be, this would be an opportunity to uh, enjoy some really uh, top level
1: uh, historical uh, academic content here. Um, yeah, as, as part of a book club. Yeah, if you're interested in a survey of American history that, as its main point, tries to figure out what's wrong with Americans, like mentally, um, <laughs> psychologically, <laughs> etc., uh, this is for you. So uh, uh, check it out, and uh, that'll be coming September nineteenth, 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 yeah. Okay,
2: and that's gonna be that's gonna be episode one. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's there's gonna be a lot more to follow, and it's all gonna be here on the main main feed, uh, for you to listen. So get ready on for that. On Canadian the election day along. eve,
3: yeah. On Canadian truly. election
1: day, that's why we chose it was uh, for that totally, reason.
3: Of course, E minus one <laughs> is the kickoff. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. If, if election day in Canada, if that's day zero, uh, I guess yeah, we're like day negative one. Yeah. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> Love it.
3: Awesome. Well, thank you cool. again, Vana. Yeah. And yeah,
1: thank uh,
3: you. we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.